Hey there! Thank you for tuning in to Trans Planar RPG! We are an all-transgender, people-of-color-led, 100% homebrew, Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition livestreamed actual play campaign set in an original, non-colonial, anti-orientalist world. I am your Game Master, Connie, my pronouns are they, he, and she, and this is my cast. My name is C, I use they, them pronouns, and I play Okahaye, an Osmar blood hunter slash monster hunting expert. I'm Erica, and I play V Shurzo, your lovable elf sorcerer slash charlatan with draconic ancestry. My name is Lyra, and I use they-she pronouns. I play Manaya Wairua, a half-orc fighter with a sailing background. I'm Max, my pronouns are they-them, and I play Dewey Quirk, an Aarakocra artificer and researcher on the run from his former employers at the Ohanahi Research Laboratory. You can support Transplaner RPG by pledging to our Patreon. Patrons get early access to episodes, character sheets, high-res assets, and much, much more. As a heads up, this podcast is stitched together from the video of our Twitch streams. I promise the audio quality improves as we upgrade our gear, and I'm so excited for you to listen to this campaign. You can also support us by giving us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. This helps immensely with getting new listeners to find us. So, with that out of the way, here are the content warnings for this episode. Content warnings for this episode include death of loved ones and the following referenced in passing. Panic attacks, suffocation, and stillbirth. Arc 2, Episode 4, Pray Screaming from Necromantic by Croon. Splash. Oka, your body hits the water. The current of the black tongue is cold and swift. It pummels you downstream, filling your mouth with silt and water and pebbles. As the river forces your body to crumple, the icy shock of water pulls a memory to the forefront of your mind, dredging it up from the murky recesses of your consciousness that you had long since buried. Water. Warm water. A pond. Splashing. Laughter. Your two sisters playing keep away with your third sister's fan. You, holding court over your siblings. Your mother on the shore, shaded by a parasol, smiling, surrounded by attendants. Someone puts a hand on her shoulder. Your mother, father, you can't make out their face. And your face breaks the surface of the black tongue and you gasp, the frigid air needling your lungs. This memory is washed away downstream and moss crawler bobs on the surface of the river a dozen feet away, your friends alarmed. Oka, what do you do? I don't know how good Oka is at swimming, <laughs> generally speaking. This was more of a panic response. So I think they just kind of flounder there for a minute, coughing and spitting up pe- pebbles. They have pebbles in their mouth. Is that what you said to me, Connie? It's a river filled with gunk. I don't know what to tell you. Uh, they they just start spitting water uh, and kind of like just thrashing around. Yeah. Okay. Basically. The current is pretty strong. So as you're thrashing there, make a just make make an athletics check for me. Oh, that was a fucking natural twenty. Okay. Yeah. Uh, if you want to, how does how does this natural twenty look like for Oka? Does this mean you reach perhaps moss crawler? You manage to stroke your way over to the boat, fighting the current. 
Uh, I think maybe Oka grabs onto one of the oars that they... I assume it's, like, attached to the boat in the, like, oar holder thing. So they sure. just kind of are, like, hanging off, like, five feet away from the edge of the boat, hold, oh, okay. holding on yeah. to the onto the oar. Yes, sure, sounds good. Looking extremely cross. The oar begins to slip out of the oar holder. It's a, it's a natural 20! Yeah, natural 20 means you hold on to the oar. It doesn't affect what what the oar does or doesn't do based on physics. Uh, Manaya, Dewey, and V, what do you do? Manaya grabs the oar since she's right there. Okay. Dewey, Dewey, Dewey grabs Manaya like he's going to help hold her. As if, as if that will help. What about you, V? I'm going to cast Mage Hand. Like to also help? To do. Yeah. Uh, Manaya, what are you trying to do? I'll keep the oar from slipping out. We just taught them this lesson. <laughs> They need to learn just a little bit. How many times do we have to teach you this lesson, old man? <laughs> this is something her half-work mother would do to her, where if she told Manaya not to do something and then she did it anyway, she had to live with the consequences. Okay, make a strength check with advantage, because you're getting help from Dewey and V. Okay, you're bobbing there in the cold current, you know, your skin all drenched, your clothes clinging to your drenched skin. It's pretty miserable in there. What did you get, Manaya? 19. Yeah, you're able to keep the oar there. Your muscles tense a little bit because you're fighting both Oka and the current, which is fast. It's very strong. So you're, you can keep it there with your 19. Your muscles begin to ache a little, even with Dewey hanging on and the mage hand doing something. 10 pounds worth of force <laughs> that V's applying. You know you can only keep Oka there for a few more moments. You're either going to have to like let the oar go or, or do something, like rein them in or something. Yeah, she's going to like brace herself in the middle of the boat with... Both of her feet pressed against the sides okay. so the boat doesn't tip. Just pull Oka out of the water. Yeah, okay, with your 19, you're able to do that. You sort of you leverage Oka out of the water. Oka, you're holding on to the oar and you... <laughs> yep, you, you lift out of the water like some sort of very sad, pathetic fish that's clung onto the side of this oar. What do you do, Oka? Hey, fucking put me down! Uh, Manaya pulls them over to the boat, shakes the oar a little bit. <laughs> Oka's gonna try. This is. They're just having a, a brat fit, so they're gonna just try to cling on to it. You're able to do that with your athletics check. It's gonna shake it some more. Okay, it's like you're riding the world's <laughs> most terrifying like roller coaster. You're just on this oar. V, Dewey, do you intervene? Dewey's gonna uh, go over, and I guess Oka's up in the air, but he's gonna try and like reach up with like a bedroll to like, like a blanket over them, try and like pull them down because this is a. <laughs> Like we said, this is unsustainable. Okay, how are you going to reach them? If only you could fly. <laughs> I don't think he's... He's yeah, just that, jumping. I mean, he's okay. just like... Yeah, do you're jumping with the bedroll, like, trying to get to Oka, trying to pull them down, but Oka's, like, swinging out of reach because of, like, Manaya, like, like bouncing on the oar. V, what are you doing? I'm going to go the full chaos route here. I'm going to cast this guy's self to look like an awesomer named Makoya. Okay, uh, and what does that look like? Awesomer, gray skin. Because V had never actually seen, this is all like V's interpretation of what she's heard Makoya to be. We'll just say like Makoya as V is like taller than Oka is. You know, not so much like buff, <laughs> more like slender. Long hair, dressed in what looks to be in some nice royalty robes, but uh, V doesn't know the exact kind of robes, so... They're probably very incorrect to what they should be. An approximation of too long yeah. in royalty. Okay. Mm -hmm. Like it's like right colors, but in terms of that, like any patterns or what symbols would be on it are completely wrong. Okay. What about the hair? 
very flowing all over the place. Done up a little bit, like maybe pull, like some of it is pulled back a little bit into like a, a braid, but like the rest of it's like long. Just like something that looks decorative and like someone has spent a lot of time on it. Sure, okay. And V, pray tell, as you transform, it's sort of like a and then standing there is almost a spitting image of Oka, except no scars. Uh, and mm -hmm. long hair, you know, and no piercings also, I'm assuming, and dressed like a lot more like fancy and sophisticated than Oka sort of currently drenched like a like a wet cat hanging onto this oar is. V, this is your approximation of Makoya Hien. A Manaya and Dewey, as soon as V transforms, how did how do the two of you react? I smack V with my feathered arm. I'm like, what the stop? I imagine if Oka's dangling in front of Manaya, as she sees V transform, she like looks past Oka and is just like, as far as Manaya knows, this is just V mocking Oka, which is sure. not the time nor the place. Yeah, yeah that just... makes sense. Okay, Oka, what, how do you react to this transformation? Oka's face falls flat for a moment. Like they were like angry and bitchy. And then it's blank for a minute as they like look into V's eyes. Uh, they just let go of the oar, fall down into the boat, and then they stand up. They, like, bite their lower lip. They walk over to V, grab her by the chest, and try to deck her. Okay, yeah, you, V, do you resist? I'll take it. Okay, I'll yeah. I'll take it. Oka just punches you in the face, and V, you stagger backward with the force of their blow. And the boat rocks as this happens, and V, I need you to make a dexterity save. 19. Uh, you catch yourself right on the edge of the boat. You fall, and your butt hits the edge, and you barely escape falling into the water. But now you're sitting with Oka standing over you, fuming, one fist raised. Uh, is going to start steering the boat from the back uh, towards land. Okay. Or just towards the bank. Okay. Don't fuck with me, V. This whole time, like, V is very much speaking in a different voice now. Not V's voice. This whole time, I thought Makoya was dead, and I was running around, able to use this identity with no consequence, and who would have thought I've been hanging around with the ghost of Makoya for months? Makoya Hien is dead. Makoya Hien died seven fucking years ago. You're a fucking sham, V. That may be true. I may be a sham, but... Is this why you've been trying to destroy yourself all this time? Go fuck yourself. Look, friend. I know what it is to be running from your past. And as V is going to start sitting up, and slowly it's going to melt off as V is getting recovering from the fist. You can see, like, side of her face getting a little puffy. I know what it is to run from your history. And I know how much it can hurt when... You, no matter how fast you run, it just keeps, keeps coming and catching up to you. You're not going to help by trying to hurt yourself in the process. You can't remove it. You have to fix the past by making right now what you want it to be. Unfortunately, V, I don't think that I was the one who made the mistake. Makoya Hien is dead and they did not die by my hand but they are dead so let them fucking rest 
Well, friend, if you want to burn down the house of anyone who did that, you know I'm there for you. It's a difficult thing, thinking about death here in the Court of Ravens, where they worship the Raven Queen, the goddess of birth and death, currently embroiled in an unnatural magical phenomenon where people in the court cannot just be laid to rest. Here the profane undeath disallows such a natural sacrament. Moss crawler is guided to the shore, bumps against silty ground, and moors itself. What do the four of you do? Oka will take out the letter that they got from the courier. Do you read it? Oh god. They hold it in their hand. Their hands are shaking, like both with like still fucking pissed at V. But they look up at Manaya and they swallow a little bit. And they hand the letter out to her. I'm too scared to read this. Manaya takes the letter and she looks at everyone and says, Everybody out. I won't have conflict on my boat. Okay. You're sort of moored on like a shore. There's just sort of tangled forest with muddy ground all around you. Dewey steps out, but stays close. He's still interested in the scroll. He's not exactly sure what the tension is between Oka and V. Okay, you step off the boat, giving Manaya space. Oka? Also step off the boat. V? Uh, we'll wait to tell Oka's off the boat, and then we'll we'll get off the boat. Okay, so the three of you step on land, and you turn and face Manaya. Uh, Manaya's going to get out. She's going to pull the boat up a little bit on land so it doesn't mm-hmm. float away. Yeah. And she says... Oka, I said I wouldn't ask. I will do as you request, but know that I am doing this because you have offered and not because I am prying. Second, ship's crew is meant to work together. As soon as there is conflict, the ship goes down. A ship's power, a ship's direction, is dependent on its crew. And if its crew is divided, well, a divided ship doesn't float, it sinks. Getting back on that boat. And we are going to the Weavespun Nest, and we're going to do, hopefully a little safer, what we did back in Talmad. But before we can get back on, I believe we have something to do. Uh, Manaya nods at Oka, and Manaya opens the letter. Do you read it, Manaya? Yeah. Okay. Read it out loud. <clears throat> Not very familiar with the language, but I'll try my best. Mother dies. Please come home. I know you go. I heard the news. We all did. The something about the Republic, the rage, the four outsiders who saved the capital, the huge woman from Wuhanahi, the elf with white hair, the dirty Arakokra, the scarred drow. That's you, isn't it? Can't read these names. But they think I'm crazy, but it's you. It has to be. Who else has two pupils in each eye? If this isn't you, I'm very sorry for the trouble and feel free to ignore this letter. Maybe I am crazy. But I guess that's Makoya. If this is you, please come home. Mom needs you. Oga is like staring like right next to Manaya's face. Just like out into the water, and they move forward uh, and take the letter and reread it. Okay, 
I'll send it to you. But basically, Minaya got the gist of the letter. V hears the part about mo- like a mother and coming back to because the mother needs them. And it has us pretty actually like that kind of makes V's face go a little blank and cold. And she's actually kind of like retreats from the group a little bit, like just backs away a little bit and kind of gets lost in her own thoughts and memories. I mean, this whole stuff about a mother dying and a mother needing you hits pretty close to home, V, I think. Mm -hmm. As you are, you know, your own memories swim to the forefront. You know, the gurgling of the river receding to the background, the buzzing of flies and insects and dragonflies also receding as just the smell of your own mom's scent fills your nose, overseeding the mud and the fresh water for just a moment. What about you, Dewey? Dewey turns to look at Oka um, in a different light, and he's like, you have a family? I thought you were just you were just out here on your own. Not really expecting a response, but... Uh, even though they're like, their eyes are just like glued on the paper, you know? I did. I have been alone for a long time. This is from Yaya, she's old enough to write. Last time I saw her, she didn't know how to hold an inkwell. Oka folds up the paper and tucks it into, like, under their armor. I don't really know what else to say. I, um, they, like, kind of lean down and fish around in their bag. And they also pull out, like, another smaller piece of parchment, an actual photograph, which I think, like, outside of... The URL slash Uhanahi is pretty rare. And they hand it to Dewey. And it is a portrait, a family portrait, of three children, uh, four children, and then a, a drow woman and a human gender fluid person. And Oka points at the tallest child, who has two pupils in each eye and like long black hair. Those are my sisters. That's my mom. And that is my other mom. Do you do you need to go deal with that? Be with them? Dewey, why don't as you look at this picture, why don't you roll history? Uh, Thirteen. First of all, the fact that there is a photograph means that Oka has rich friends, or is just comes from money. You know, the photograph was one of the URL's inventions. Uh, you weren't in charge of that, but you knew the person who was. The access to this sort of technology is only for the rich and the royal. Obviously the dress is too long in. Based on the backdrop from a royal family, everything here is extremely fancy. And the other mom, the one who is gender fluid, is very familiar with a 13, you would know. Uh, Based on the headdress, based on the robes, based on the fact that even with this photograph, their face is sort of cast in shadow, almost like the technology couldn't quite capture their features. This is the emperor of too long. Um, he, Dewey's eyes go wide, uh, and he looks like he's going to say something, but he doesn't, and he just holds the photograph back out to Oka. Oka takes it again, maybe hands it to Manaya if she looks like she wants to see. Manaya doesn't have a particular interest in it, but she'll glance at it, nod, and hand it back. Oh, shoot, I got, I got your hair wrong a little bit, and I got your frame wrong a little bit. 
she's like muttering to herself the ways in which she was incorrect in her disguised self presentation of Makoya. There's some professional self disappointment uh, as V glances at it and hands it back. I think uh, V is maybe as uh, she's handing the photo back or after she's done looking at it, you can actually see she's got some tears that have rolled down her cheek, her hot red uh, swollen cheek where she was decked by Oka. She's just going to gently say back, um, taking care of a mother, a sick mother, is not an easy task, friend. I know. If you don't want to go back, I totally understand. And if you want to go back, I completely understand. That's going to leave a really bad bruise, V. Uh, and Uka will reach out and uh, cast healing hands on V's face. Yeah, you put a hand on V's cheek and the bruising, almost it's like you you did like a time reverse on that localized area, like the bruising goes in and then like it straightens out and your, your, your cheek turns pale again. Thank you very much, friend. Manaya puts a hand on Oka's shoulder and like squeezes and rubs just a little bit. Uh, Oka looks utterly empty, <laughs> like just completely washed out of color, of fury, of panic of rage it's just like all oh i think uh, v was gonna suggest it might be a good time i I feel like perhaps the conflict amongst crew has been resolved maybe we could keep moving forward um dewey's pulling out a map um and kind of like charting figuring out if making a stop in Chulong would be yeah, okay. Uh, looking at the map of Transplanar RPG that we have here, the the Court of Ravens is sort of like to the far northwest of Andake, and between the court and Tulong is the Boundary Waters, and you can either go through Talmud or you can go through the Championship of Nabal. But to get to Tulong, to get to what you you know is going to be the Slumbering Palace, uh, it would take at least like a, like a month, <laughs> probably more. How long would it take to get to Talmud? Back half, to Devathati. Half that time. Well, shall we uh, get ourselves going then? Squeak have sort of drawn out a very crude map for the four of you, but it didn't list any other locales other than like just like a general route for how to get to the weave spun nest as well as uh, green open water. Uh, but as the four of you drift down the Black Tongue, the sunless sky turning darker and darker and darker... Uh, there are fewer and fewer boats on the water as the hour grows late. And you now only have a few, I think maybe half an hour until all light is gone. There's no town that you've spotted on the shores, just more unbroken swamp. And of course, the ever-present gushing of water. Based on where you are, Manaya, you know you know how to read currents, you know how to like sort of read the bend of the river. You know you're about halfway to the weave spun nest. When I relays this information to the crew. I'm scoping out a good place to land, somewhere that's like a little bit sheltered, uh, somewhere we can spend the night. Okay, uh, Dewey, roll survival. That's a five. five. Okay, yeah, Dewey, you're looking around, you're blinking. It's still very unnatural to have no light at all at night, now that the stars are gone. You're, you don't see anything at all really of note. And your very low survival roll, I think, uh, too, means you're beginning to feel, feel a chill, an unseasonable chill settled into your feathers as the atmosphere grows colder and colder. It appears even though it's the height of summer, here in the court to the far north, things are still pretty frigid, similar to the commune of Morose. V and Oka, 
How about the two of you? What do you do? She's going to use one sorcery point to just gain a resistance to cold. Okay. What does it look like? You just see, like, her eyes glow a little more, and um, I know I've done this before, but I think this time it's just, like, the little amount of veins you can see on V, like, just become a little more blue, you, and you just, her her white face just turns a little bit more of a blue color, just ever so slightly. Okay, yeah. As the, the chill begins to set in, you sort of feel yourself warded against it. As this icy shield almost seems to, like, magically ripple up your skin and protect you from it. Oka? Oh, man. Oka's still kind of fucked up a little bit. Uh, So I feel like they're not as on top of doing stuff. Like, they've just been rowing mindlessly, as Manaya has told them. So I think unless given, like, a direct direction, they're not in any place to be able to, like, actively help anyone. Okay. Manaya? Just before it gets too dark, she's gonna steer to the shore. Uh, You steer Mosscrawler toward a shore making sure not to run her aground like hidden rocks or anything like that. Uh, and she docks on, on top of silty, a silty delta area. Over here, everything is sort of dark. You see vines sort of in the, in the blackness like hanging and, and you really can't see further than maybe five, like 10 feet, 15 feet out in front of you. Uh, and the light is receding even more. You can sort of hear like the the low, ever-present murmuring and chittering of bugs, insects, and birds sort of all around you, though. What do the four of you do as Mosscrawler bumps onto shore? Oka will like get out and help Manaya like pull the boat inland so it doesn't wash away or anything like that. Mm -hmm. Okay, Oka, Manaya, you pull Mosscrawler inland. Dewey, Dewey, and V, what do you do? Um, Dewey's gonna put on his goggles of night, uh, his little spectacles, his um. And just, like, scan scan the um, area around for danger. Okay, yeah, you put on this very nerdy-looking <laughs> contraption uh, over your glasses, or do you take your glasses off? You know, like, when, um, I think doctors, like, look at shit that's, like, really small. They have these tiny things that go on their glasses. Oh, my God. Okay, that's so nerdy. Okay, I hate that. You I put your goggles that. over your glasses, and you scan the area, and suddenly it's like you're seeing it in, like, a bright... Like, again, it's sort of like night vision, like the greenish kind of unnatural glow, boom, like lights up your goggles of night. This area seems very rocky. There's tall cypress trees, little like knees jutting out of the ground. And you see like a little pond, sort of maybe like 20, 25 feet in front of you. You don't see any like tigers or anything like stalking through the dark, like hunting your party or anything like that. But it just seems like a regular old swath of wilderness. V? V's just gonna get out again. This is this isn't really her lifestyle, so she's like pulls out her bedroll, not really knowing what to do with herself. Okay, uh, Manai and Oka, you finish pulling Moss Crawler fully onto shore. Do the four of you set up camp by the shore, or do you go farther into the Pluto Weald? It could be safest to stay by the river and uh, just getaway. do as we did before. We can make a fast getaway if we need one. Mm-hmm. And just do as we did the previous night tie up our beds and everything up off the ground. Okay. Yeah, sounds good. Uh, so the four of you set up camp here. Fi- uh, you don't really hear, nothing horrible happens uh, this night. No monsters attack. You don't hear, you know, you hear some distant screaming, sure. Uh, but it's too far away for you to really be able to do anything about it without leaving camp entirely. Uh, and finally, Oka, having taken the final watch, the next morning dawns sunlessly as the night 
the black night just recedes, and a gray light shines over everything. Manaya, V, and Dewey. Oka, unless you wake them up earlier, they will all wake up at the same time at 8. Oka, I think, will not have the, the sense of mind to try to wake them up Okay. earlier. So Manaya, Dewey, and V, the three of you jolt awake right on time, right on schedule at 8 a.m., and it's time to go. What do the four of you do? 8 a.m., as always, let's get going. Dewey makes them a breakfast on the go. Okay, Aww. that's cute. Uh, the four of you pile into Moss Crawler and continue down the Black Tongue. What do you do or say before you get to the weave spun nest? I'm curious about the people passing in the boats. I'm curious about like what the traffic is like. Is there anything like super out of place? Do like how like how soon do we get that like do we get that feeling of dread at all? Like I guess just like what's going on. Okay. As you float on moss crawler uh, down the black tongue, you see more like boats. Big ones. Small ones, kayaks, even like you see like a ship also make its way uh, down river. Uh, there are some like on like the past you, some behind you, a lot like going the other way if this were like a two lane <laughs> like road, because uh, this is basically the Swan Road as the Vikings would call it. You see quite a few boats. Uh, all of them look like perhaps they belong to the court. Um, their hulls and their, their wooden sides are painted black. Uh, with some golden and white decorations of paint as well. Um, You see just like people dressed in the black robes, draperies, and vestments of the Court of Ravens. Uh, Children, youths, adults, and elders alike. Uh, There's no sort of discrimination based on age, just in in various boats and vessels. Uh, Everyone, like 99% of the people you pass seem to be natives of the Court of Ravens. And in fact, your group gets quite a few looks. They can tell that you're outsiders. They can tell you're not from here. Uh, even if you are in a court vessel. Uh, you get quite a few looks, quite a few like whispers. You know, you see a few like children like pointing at you and like tugging on, on their parents' like sleeves, uh, uh, like over, over the water, over the boats, but the parents like pull their, pull their kids back into the vessels. And everyone here, you know, the way of dress is simple, humble, understated, but there's something very like almost... I mean, to outsiders, dreary about how they carry themselves. There's almost like an air of moroseness across all of like the, the denizens of the court uh, based on your outsider's eyes. Um, and they all sort of like, their shawls are, you know, very like, they all, all look like they're dressed for a funeral in a sense, you know? Um, but it's not possible for all of them to be going to a funeral, you know, wherever they're headed. As you wind your way further down the Black Tongue, you also pass like larger, but appears to be perhaps like merchant vessels. Like those bigger boats have crates on them and sailors, like like moving on and down the deck. Um, that sense of dread is not there necessarily, but as you get closer and closer to the weave spun nest, it's like a pressure seems to be exerted from deeper inland. It's not the same kind of ominous, foreboding, vicious pressure that you felt from the echo of Vinash of Unabathi, the three-headed god of mountains and war. This kind of pressure is more like, almost like a fog or a mist rolling out from, from the jungled depths of the Pluto wield. The weave for you, V, and Manaya, you can sense it a little too. You haven't really ever been able to sense it before. It seems to be pulling heavy 
Again, similar to how it's like there's a gravitational well somewhere and you are magically inexorably like drawn toward it. There's just something that is very heavy is what it feels like. And, and the four of you can sense it in your soul a little bit. And as you get closer and closer to where the weave spun nest is, the chittering of birds and bugs begins to grow a little quiet. At the at this feeling starting, Manaya coughs and is like, is this what you all felt for Vinash? Different, but similar. Ah, it feels like my soul is tied up all wrong, like somebody put a knot in the mass. Before it felt like being around so much electricity, and this is more just like being smashed slowly into the ground. Mm-hmm. If Vinash was rage, this feeling almost feels like grief. It's something very heavy sitting on your soul, sitting on your heart, like pressing it down. Does Vinash stir at all? Like, do I feel anything? Oka, as you, as Moss Crawler draws closer and closer, like farther down the black tongue, yeah, you feel a little bit of something begin to rumble around in your chest. But it's very quiet. Oka has heartburn. <laughs> it's like heartburn. It's a little bit of acid reflux. Oka hasn't exactly tried just, like, they've always asked for something, but they're just going to try to listen as they're, like, rowing at the front, I believe. If, like, uh, in the back with Manaya. Okay. For the engine and the steering. Okay, cool. Uh, as they're, you know, doing the rowing, it's, like, such a methodical thing that I feel like they could just kind of, like, let some of the forefront go and just, like, and try to just listen. Yeah, Oka, do you close your eyes or anything? What are you doing to listen? You know, in some like meditations, you like watch waves go. They're just like looking at the water. You watch the disturbed surface of the water, the little eddies and swirls caused by your paddling as you try to use that as like a focus to tap into whatever Vinash is doing or saying or feeling within your soul. And as you focus on that, looking at the eddies, you feel something, an emotion that is not yours, stirring within you. And it is almost like a kind of, of eagerness. Vinash is eager to get to the weave spun nest. There is a thump and a sort of grounding noise as Moss Crawler docks itself uh, against the shore of the black tongue. This sort of like sense of like heaviness pervading the atmosphere, like a fog sort of roiling into the depths of your soul, growing a little bit heavier, a little bit heavier uh, the closer inland you get. And Manaya and Oka, Dewey and V, you arrive, you get off the boat, and I'm assuming Manaya and Oka are gonna try to find a place to lash the boat as you have to con finish your journey to the weave spun nest on foot. Are there docks here? I don't feel like we would have just like gone into like, like on a random part of the shore. Yeah, okay, why not? Yeah, let's say there's like a little a mini harbor. Uh, it's not like the big, huge harbors with like big ships that you're used to on open water here, uh, Manaya. But there are some like little like river. There are some river docks here. You see a couple of kayaks, a couple of canoes and boats sort of lashed against the docks. You see like a little like 
up on stilts, a little shack area where a couple of court denizens are, are moving in and out. They seem to either be putting their boats on shore or taking their boats out to water. So let's say this this little dock is the area that you, that moss crawler enters into as the four of you get inland. What do the four of you do? I think Oka is gonna go try to find the uh, the dock master. You know, to like pay like you pay the dock master to watch over your boat on the dock. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, but then when they like reach for their, like their gold pouch, they like you know they like do a they like do a circle as they go around. They're like motherfucker, uh, and they. You realize you threw all your gold to the courier, all like 120 and the whole bag too, and the whole ass bag, the gold pouch. Uh, You approach the dock master who is kind of yes, Manaya. Manaya's gonna join them as well. Great, Uh, Dewey and V, are you also joining, or are you gonna hang back? V will watch the boat and look for anybody who might be suspicious. Okay, sounds good. Dewey watches the boat and V. Okay, great, wonderful. Uh, so let's do Oka and Manaya first. So Oka and Manaya, the two of you approach the dock master, who is this kind of like um, an elder, a grung. Uh, not like round, like Squeak is, but kind of like a, almost like a, looking almost like a poisonous, poisonous tree frog sort of grung. Uh, she's like very old. She's leaning on a cane and she's sort of draped in the same like a uh, black shroud. So pretty much everyone at the, at the court is. And as you approach, you know, she finishes like lecturing someone and goes, uh, hey, don't forget to, to lock up the shack next time. We don't want any wild boars rummaging through our things. Uh, hello there. How can I help the two of you? Hello, we're looking to dock our boat here. We're we here to pay the fee. Oh, yes, certainly. Well, let's see. You smell like you're not from here, are you? Yes, we're travelers on our way to the weave spun nest. We've sp- for what purpose? And she sort of like squints at the two of you and immediately looks suspicious. You're not from I... the championship, are you? Oh no, I'd have a more personal stake than whatever those rascals are up to. Uh, that horrible, awful derby trying to race hippos, or I don't even know, all over our lovely Paluto wield. They think they own this place, but they're not even from here. They're racing hippos? Yeah, well, not just hippos. Crocodiles, alligators, land sharks, bull sharks, catfishes. Uh, Apparently it's going to be a whole thing in a couple weeks, and, you know, our court, we don't like to use violence to deal with problems. I know our most powerful priests, well, they've all but lost their powers. Of course, that's horrible. About the fee, though. Yes, yes, yes. For how long do you need do you need us to watch over it? It's a it's a it's a gold piece a day. A week, maybe. What business do you have at the wave spun nest? If you don't mind me asking. Uh, uh. We're here to uh <laughs> pay our respects. Are you here to convert? And at this, as uh, she looks very excited. Oh, we haven't. We haven't had many converts since the cataclysm. That actually is very surprising. There were a whole lot of converts at the uh, at the gate. Well, I don't think many of them actually want to convert. They're all from Talmud, worshipping their three-headed one, or from the championship. I swear, Scott and Nectus are my least favorite of the eight. I just don't like the things they preach, risk and reward. I want a bunch of hogwash. Look what they, well, look what culture they've inspired. All those thrill seekers, hedonists. 
Is anyway. It, is it not ill to speak? Is it not bad luck to speak ill of... I'm an old woman. I'm about to croak uh, any, any day now. Well, if the good lady will allow me. And she sort of like sighs deeply and says, this horrible profane on death. And she spits when she says that. It's, it's sacrilegious is what it is. We've been doing our best to figure out exactly why it's been happening. But of course, none of our priests can contact our lady. Those priests live in the nest, right? <laughs> well, if you truly wanted to convert, you should brush up on some court law, some court culture and law. Oh no, all of them, our most important dukes and duchesses reside in Blackspire. But every season there is a changing of the guard at, at the weave-spun nest. A priest from each court presides there, protecting our holy site. Well, then the change of the guard must have just happened. Yes, quite recently, actually. During the cataclysm? Yes. Why, are you interested in converting, becoming a priest, and guarding the nest? Is that why you're going? Ideally, yes. Really? Yes. Both of you? Yes, all four of us will be the new four, I think. Well, that's wonderful. We've we've had such a shortage of youths and adults recently. Please, you know what? It's on us. We'll we'll watch over your your canoe for however long you need as you go there and you you throw in your lot. Uh, Are you quite sure? Absolutely positive. We need more young people in the court. All the young people want to go to the championship. I'll have a gold piece for your trouble. Okay, does, oh. the, does the thing. Do you have any and gold? Okay. They try. They like go to their pocket and they're like, uh, motherfucker. Yeah, Manaya throws one. Oh, so thank you so much. Uh, and on that, let's go to Dewey and V. V, you're looking around for some suspicious folk. Are you looking around as V or are you looking around as Ronnie? Uh, no, I'm, I'm V. I, I mean, in this crusty old chrysalis robe that's all just like... It's all muddy and fucked up. Yeah, it's falling apart. Okay, Uh, yeah, V, you are looking around. This dock is actually fairly busy, let's say, and there are, like, several other, like, elders walking around collecting fees from people who are leaving with their boats or bringing their boats in, and you cast your gaze around. V, why don't you make a perception check for me? That's just straight up nine. A nine. Looking around... The only person that seems to stand out to you is rather large. She's actually currently embroiled in an argument uh, with someone on the other side of the docks. Two other, like, pretty large-looking dudes, but they are dwarfed by her. And the dudes are standing in front of a small rat folk. He's got, like, his, his paws that he's rubbing and his whiskers are twitching. And the tall person who was embroiled in an argument with this rat folks, maybe, like, lackeys or something, she is very muscular. She is 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 shrouded in these, like, uh, like almost, like, feather-like pauldrons. Uh, she's got, like, leather armor on, and she has, like, the sleeveless armor. You can see on her, like, muscular gray arms, because she is a drow, golden tattoos of, like, feathers. Uh, and she has, like, long, like kind of wild black hair. Uh, and she has like a long, like a, a wicked whip sort of attached uh, to her hip that has like spikes coming out of it a little bit and like daggers as well. Uh, her, her arms are crossed and it appears she's like barring passage deeper in to the Paluto wield from these three people. And they're, they're arguing here a little too far away to hear what exactly they're saying. But this is what you see. 
What do you do, V? And Dewey, you see this as well. You like track V's gaze <laughs> to the other side of the docks. Dewey, would you uh, mind watching the boat for a second? Yes. What are you? Where are you going? I Please, just, we just got here. <laughs> I know. I know. I just I'm hearing heated discussion down there. I want to see if perhaps I can uh, help help some new friends settle settle the waters. Like Manaya said, you you don't want crew fighting with each other. So maybe I can uh, make them happy together. Dewey, do you take that? <laughs> do you buy that? I, I assume V just like starts moving towards it. I'm like, I can't leave the boat. I can't leave it unattended. So so you have a conflict of conscience. Uh, but I, th- I think Oka and Manai are still talking to the Dockmaster at this point. So you are left there, but you're keeping an eye on V. Stand by the boat, though. V, you make your way over. And as you get closer, you can sort of hear the argument. One of the buff dudes, clearly not from the court. Neither of these three people are from the court. They are dressed in kind of like, um, uh, you see one of them has like a pauldron with huge spikes, you know, and the pauldron is made of like a, a skull with like spikes stunning out of it. You know, very, I think like post-apocalyptic, almost like Mad Max Fury Road sort of like garb. They're dressed in like kind of like BDSM, like 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 leather, like chains and stuff like that, like gear, like, like that. They look like- Edgy teenagers. Yeah, one look from the championship. Edgy teenagers who who watched Mad Max Fury Road one time. Like, see, that's who C is. <laughs> v, you approach and you hear one of the big dudes. He's he's kind of gruff looking. And as you get closer, you sort of catch a whiff of, uh, what is that, salt? But like these two big dudes smell very salty for some reason. Like they've been dunked in the ocean and left there to brine <laughs> for like several weeks. Um, as you get closer, one of the dudes goes, what are you going to do? Stop all three of us? I don't think you can, sister. Uh, and this big, tall drow woman, she just takes one look at the guy and says, I'd like to see you try to get past me. Friends, friends, hold on. I, hello, everybody. Uh, hi, welcome. Uh, it sounds like things are a little tense here, friends. It's, can I help you all with something? All four of them turn to look at you. And uh, the rat folk looking guy. Uh, he is the most like well-dressed of the three. He's got like, you know, the spikes going up, but he's also got like gold just draped all over him. One look at this guy. He is worth probably 300 gold, just based on what the jewelry you can see. And he's got this crown on. He looks very elaborate, very flamboyant, you know? And he looks extremely upset to be standing in a, in a soggy marsh. He turns to you and he says, ah, yes, finally, a voice of reason here. Are you also, you don't appear to be a denizen of the court. Are you also here for the derby? Let's, you know, to talk about such things out in the open would be a little bit of a mistake. Would you uh, consider that not to be so? So I am here for the opportunity to make Endake a better place. Let's just call it that. Why not? Uh, Hold on. Are you, he- are you also robes. here to make Endake a better place? Uh, those, the two big buff dudes turn their eyes onto you. One of them squints and goes, you're not one of those loony cult people, are ya? Cause we're not interested. And the other one goes, yeah, Scott and X is all the way. And they like fist bump. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, when it comes to the gods and goddesses, I take a little bit of this, I take a little bit of that. But trust me, I'm, when it comes to cults, I believe me, I actually stole this vest off of, uh, off of some type of priest. I think they call themselves like the the Crispalis or something. I don't know. I, I killed him and took his robe because it looked nice. All four of them at once, they say in unison, united against you, they say, sacrilege. 
all four of them, they turn to you, and they look at each other, and the woman looks very upset that she said that at the same time as the other three. But the woman turns to you, and, like, her golden eyes sort of glimmer, almost with recognition, and she goes, Nakshirzo, V, you were with those two people from the monster fighting pits, weren't you? Well, I don't like to advertise, you know, that I single-handedly saved Dabathati with my friends, but, uh, you know, when... When in Rome, you're caught in the act, here I am. Rome wouldn't exist, so I'm sorry. <laughs> when, when in the court. <laughs> when in Dabathati, right? You do as Dabathatians do. Uh, this woman pauses, looks over your shoulder, and sees Manaya and Oka, like on the other side of the dock, also sees Dewey, and she goes, Well, the strings of fate, I suppose. Listen, V. These three people from the championship are giving Nabalians a bad name. They wish to go to the weave-spun nest and set it up as one of the obstacles for their ridiculous derby. Yeah, I mean, I hear the nest has got huge. You could do flip the lid, do all sorts of cool shit off the... And like the other guy goes, yeah, it's gonna be awesome. This drow woman uh, just sort of looks at you. V raises an eyebrow and sort of like, is this really the company you're trying to save? I mean, I was coming over here to, to turn our friends here. They smell seasoned enough. I was getting ready to, to turn up some flames and, and, and roast them, but... Uh... The rat folk man speaks up. He says, doth mine ears deceive me or are you threatening me and my associates here? I never said such a thing. I just said I was simply coming over here for a barbecue. What I'm barbecuing, that remains to be seen. That depends on you and the choices that you make in your life. Uh, when you say that, the Ratfolk guy seems to like reach for like a, a sword, like strapped to his waist. And he's the two other guys, they are not armed, interestingly enough. But they turn to you, they're... And they sort of like glance at each other. They're like, you know, they like take out their hands and you see their nails are really long and ragged, almost like, almost like claws, but they're both like human, you know? And at this point, the drow woman goes, um, look, let's not spill blood on the shores of the black tongue. V, you're right. Let's take this argument elsewhere. Perhaps your companions will like to come with. And at that point, Oka and Benai, the two of you finish tossing the coin to the dockmaster, who, who takes the gold and goes, oh, well, anything for new recruits of the court, new converts, yes, yes, I think I think I have a scroll of the Raven Queen here somewhere, please, let me grab it for you. And she retreats into the dockhouse, and this is when the two of you have a brief break from her. Dewey, you see all of this happen. <laughs> what do you do? Dewey's, like, standing as far away from the boat as he can without, like, within arm's reach still. He's trying to get V's attention, and he's also trying to get uh, Oaken and Manaya's attention, <laughs> and he's panicking, and I think he, like, pulls his sword, uh, his flying sword out of the sheath, and is like, can you go get her, please? And, like, uh, the sword flies over, and, like, go get it goes horizontal and, like, pulls V backwards, maybe? Yeah. That's what he's trying to do. You hear in your head, uh, yes, physical manhandling, I love it! Thank you, Father! <laughs> Let me cut her. Let me bleed her no. flesh. <laughs> Let me kill her. No. Okay, fine. Just kidding. Thanks. Uh, and yeah, V, a sword flies out and begins to like pull you back. Uh, this drow woman raises an eye, turns to the other three and says, if you want to spill blood, so be it. But away, away from the children. 
Uh, and the rat folk guy sort of like raises an eye at the, the flying sword that came out to like pull V back. And he goes, well, you know what? Ace has never said no to a little bit of blood and slides his sword back into its sheath and like jerks his head toward the two buff guys and they follow the drow and, and V. Uh, so, uh, you know, V, you're being pulled backward. The drow woman follows you and th- these three people from the championship also follow you. At this point, Oka and Manaya, you see... Rev! Oka, Oka like, is like, hey, hey, is that... Is that... Yeah. For real? I would have thought, thought the lady would have kept It's there. V, she's... Can, can you guys get... She's over there, please. <laughs> she's gonna get, get herself in trouble. That person looks scary. They all look really scary. They look really powerful, please. She's going to get herself killed. If anyone is going to die out of us, V is going to be the last person. You already know that. <laughs> but shall we? And I looks at Oka. Oka's like, good God. <laughs> they fold their arms and like, l- like lean against the tree trunk that is Manaya's body. Uh-huh. <gasps> you know, like coolly. Sure. Yeah, trying to like look cool in front of this like hot drow woman. <laughs> Big buff woman, Strega from... Fucking Castlevania looking ass motherfucker. Uh, yeah, so V, what do what do you do? When the sword's like all of a sudden flies in front of her and starts like pushing her back, she's like, holy I have to use the right accent. <laughs> she's like, holy cow! You lose your accent. Holy cow. <laughs> it's real Jeepers. What a holy sword of Rorik, what is going on here? What is this thing? What? As you're like you're stumbling lucky. backward. You're lucky this sword is here between us, otherwise I'd flame you, like, with a giant fireball, friends. But come, come, come. Let's go. Let's talk. The, at this point, all of you have congregated. Rev, as you know her, nods at you, Oka, nods at you, Manaya, says, it's quite a coincidence to see the two of you here again. I, I would have thought the lady would have kept you there. Well, she's not as strong as she thinks. Or rather, she underestimated me. And at that point, uh, the door to the little like shack of the dock opens again, and the grown lady comes out and, and shoves like a scroll in both of your hands, Oka and Manaya. I only have two, but please, these should be the beginning scriptures uh, to for Our Lady. And and she stops when she sees Rev. Duchess, Duchess Stiltwalker. And at this point, like another like person is like, "Hey, I've been waiting forever to pay my fee." She goes, "Uh, yes, I'll be there in just a moment." The grown lady, like, hops off, like, leaning on her cane. Uh, and at this point, the rat folk man goes, Ace tires of these frivolities. Are we going to spill blood, or are we not? We're spilling blood. V, what the fuck? <laughs> I was simply making new friends, and we have some friends who want, who are engaged in activities unbecoming of members of the of this court of ravens, and and me and our friend from Dabathati was just trying to convince them that maybe not a, such a good idea, that maybe they should do what's best for Ndake. You're friends with the Duchess? Uh, I'm, I'm not the Duchess of this place. Uh, and Rev looks very uncomfortable, actually. Perhaps, like, calling the four of you back to when Oka was very uncomfortable <laughs> at being referred to as a prince. Rev goes, I, it doesn't really matter anymore, but I... Yes, I'm originally from the court, but no more. But my personal mission takes me elsewhere, and as coincidence would have it, it takes me back here. You're lucky you don't have the head of a dog. Uh, She sort of addresses the rat folk, and that you're a rodent instead. 
Otherwise, I'd behead you on the spot. Whoa, 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 what happened to not spilling blood on these shores, stilt walker? Don't call me that. What, what are you gonna do? Kill us? I'd like to see you try. We can't die here. There are many Look. fates worse than death, my friend. Yeah, like having a fucked up face like yours. I punch him. <laughs> oh. Okay, make, make an unarmed uh, attack. How well, do I do that? Uh, plus strength. Uh, and I suppose you're a provision in unarmed strikes. I guess a 13 probably. It hits. Hit. Yeah, it hits. Oh, cool. Uh, so you you hit him for one bludgeoning damage. Where are you hitting this dude? In his dumb bitch face. <laughs> you hit him in his, you punch up because he's big. At his dumb bitch face. He It's just like sort of like punching like a stone slab. He goes, ah. And he spits out some blood at the best you got. And he like cracks his knuckles and like looks, looks no. menacingly at you. All right, all right, all right. No. All right, all right, all right. Look, we each have our business here. And as some of our business is more important than others, and uh, maybe a little more, how do you say, a little more pressing, I propose that we part ways for now. If anything's going to happen, it's going to happen at the Weave Spun Nest. You and your derby and us and our more pressing matters. So let us take it there. Well, you heard her, boys. Last one to the weave spun nests, a rotten fucking dragon egg, uh, says the rat folk, and he jerks his head, and the three of them begin to take off. Like, the pastor, Rev, Rev goes, oh. Rev, your mission. Think we might have similar goals. We should talk about this in a more private space. I agree. But we should get to the weave spun nest as quickly as possible. Those three look like they wouldn't hesitate to crack some skulls. And the four protectors of the nest, they're not, they're not trained in combat. Even if they were, their magic has long since run dry since the Raven Queen left us. They're, they're the young, they're the young ones. We're in summer. Let's walk and talk. Uh, nods. And the, f- the five of you take off? Mm-hmm. Okay. You walk like those, those, you know. It's funny because you take off just a few moments after the rat folk and those two guys are we take a We take a different path. So okay, that, cool. Rev, yeah. yeah, Rev takes you through a different path. She, like, knows this place like the back of her hand. She just goes, I really didn't like the look on those three guys, especially those two. They smelled awful, like they'd been drenched in some sort of horrible saltwater brine. You ever just meet somebody with a perfectly punchable face? Yes, actually. Yeah. I don't suppose the four of you have seen a man with a dog's head anytime soon. Do all of us just look at Dewey? <laughs> I mean, yeah. it's, it's, Oka, it's Oka Oka looks at Dewey. You do any of you know? I think you said oh, you told him. You told him about Dr. Lucas's office. Do you know what he looks like? Did you describe him? Did to you us? describe the myriad or did you just call him a demon? I don't think I described. <laughs> well, you didn't say like the do- well. The, well, would you have said like then this dog-headed assassin guy? Okay, sure. I'm sure it would have come out at some point. Okay. Okay. So, do all of you look at Dewey? <laughs> Uh, Has your sword uh, returned to your sheath at this point? Have you caught your sword back? Okay. Yeah. You can feel your sword like thrumming a little bit against your waist. Very excited at the prospect of looming violence. And at Rev's words, everyone looks at Dewey. Dewey, do you say anything? uh, Rev's like, have you seen a dog-headed man? And Dewey's like, maybe. She she stops like in the middle of like this this trail uh, through the swamp. She turns to look at you. She says, Maybe. How many dog-headed people are there out there? Not a lot. 
she strides up to you. Like she's huge. She's very like she casts a shadow like over your quivering feathered body. <laughs> and you see her hand like go toward like her whip a little bit. She hasn't taken it out, but she seems to be, like gripping, gripping it almost as like a source of comfort. She goes, "When, where?" Back in Dabathati. Actually, wait, no, out just outside of the court. I knew it. That's why I'm back here. I'm tracking him. <sighs> well, isn't he tracking you? Wait. Do we? What? Yeah. Wait, why do you... Are you for that guy or against? Against? I'm going okay. to kill him. Great, we should stick together. <laughs> why is he after you? I mean, aside from the fact that he's evil and would do anything to bring more pain and suffering into this world. But why Why you? Uh, he... I guess he took a contract with... He's a hit, he's a hitman. An assassin? I didn't know they hired demons to be assassins. Either. Uh, but that's where I find myself. That's what my life has led me to now. I agree. We should stick together. If he's hunting you and I'm hunting him, I don't mean to call you bait, do we? But perhaps it's in both of our best interests to work together for now. Anyway, the weave spun nest. I'll lead you there, as I said. She looks a little shaken at this news, but also like a little like excited. So if anyone would like, you can try to roll, you can oh, roll yeah. insight on her to oh, see yeah. what is her beef with the, the myriad. Yeah. I think Oka was just going like, Dewey, Rev, Dewey, Rev, what's happening here? 14. 22. 22 from Oka. 19. 19 from V. Manaya, are you rolling? <laughs> Yeah, Manaya, you're too sweet. You're like, this isn't my business. She'll tell us if she wants to tell us. <laughs> Manaya fucking minds her own business. boundaries. Manaya, the gang pokes their nose and Manaya minds her own business. Uh, so Oka and Dewey, that's all you sort of really get from her. There's definitely like, there's a, it's personal. It is very personal between Rev uh, and the Myriad, whatever it is. Oka and V, based on your roles, it is not just personal. There is, he wronged her in a huge way. He is very likely the reason she left it. I mean, she's, he's the reason she left the court because she left the court to find him, to kill him. This is oh, like a- Can't relate to that at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so there's a, there's a lot, you know, that I think Oka, perhaps you can even relate to Rev on like the whole like, what's this whole thing about her being a, a duchess? You know, and maybe V can relate on the whole like on a mission to kill someone, <laughs> sort of like that. Um, so Rev's broad back, you know, is all you sort of see as she like trudges forward and sort of like carves like a path through the swamp. Uh, she sort of casts a look over her shoulder and addresses you, Manai, and says, you might want to get another boot. We're going to be walking for a while. Okay, kind of like, I'll, Pat's I'll be all right. If Socks are made to get wet. I, I think I might have a spare. I don't know if your foot size will fit, but, uh, and she like slings her pack over and like rifles through it and, and Rev, pulls out. Rev. Rev, my socks were made to get wet. I'm a sailor. I'll be all right. There's just a lot of thorns here. But if you insist. And she zips up her pack again and continues leading the four of you toward the weave-spun nest. As you walk, the presence presses heavier. Like, the four of you are, like, atoms bouncing around in a room, and whatever this is, it's a force that is slowly, like, pressing you down, down, down. And as you as you continue deeper uh, into the Pluto Weald, 
the chirping of, of birds and the buzzing of insects seems to quiet down. Maybe there's like a stretch of quiet. And then Rev just goes, something isn't, something is, something's wrong here. I don't, and then she goes quiet. Rev, what do you know about the Paragons? She glances at you and you see that uh, all of you, it's, the pressure is similar, but it's not so oppressive. Maybe there's like a little bit of like sweat coming down your faces. Your hearts begin to race a little bit more. But when you look at Rev, you know, she turns to face you. She is like drenched. Like her face is like, she is sweating a lot. And she's like breathing kind of hard, you know, uh, like almost like she's on like the edge of like a panic attack or something. The Paragons? Uh, tales from my childhood. Why? Tell me what you know. Let's take your mind off of this. Well, they arose during the Gambit of Queens, everyone knows that. Eight champions selected by the eight gods of Endake to embody their ideals and serve the people, not the queens. And for the longest time, they did, until they died, and the mantle hasn't been passed on since because there hasn't been a need. Imbued with powers beyond any mortal's recognition, heroes of every sense of the word. Why bring this up, Manaya? Manaya glances at the party, as if asking to permission to go on. Oka nods. The reason I thought our missions were intertwined is that we're sort of collecting aspects of the gods. We have at least one paragon among us. I say this with trust, and I say this trusting that this information will stay between us. I'm confused. Aspects of the gods? The gods are gone. The gods are gone, but not completely. A part of them was trapped here in Andake. When we were in Dabathati, we told everyone the rage was some crystal that we smashed. That was a lie. I don't like to lie. It was an aspect of, well... It was an aspect of Vinash. What? Is... Is Vinash louder now as we get closer? Yeah, I'm, I was about to. I was about to pan to you actually. Uh, so, as you continue walking and talking, Oka. Between, I mean, oh, I mean, hope this shouldn't hurt me because I'm not actually using yes, the power. Yes, yes. Don't worry. It rise don't worry. Okay, uh, thank you. Oka, uh, between you and Rev, you're not sure who looks more fucked up. Oh boy. You are also, everyone sees now, Oka, even though it's, it's summer, so it's pretty humid, but Oka is pouring sweat. Almost like they were drenched again in the river. Oh, Their goodness. pupils are like really, really, really blown wide. Like, like, and your heart is like thumping like mad in your chest, Oka, as you, as you get closer to the weave spun nest, though you don't see it quite yet. Um, and you can feel Vinash in you stirring and stirring. And it's it, the eagerness, the excitement is just like, it's like, it's like, it's like, there's like, like you swallowed a ball of flame. If I like let that kind of just like jump a little, like, I feel like Oka keeps it really low. Yes. But if they just let it go, like, vum, 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 vum. you let it come up and then all of you sort of feel like a huge pressure boof, emanate from Oka as Oka, your eyes whoosh, like oh, that. Yeah. Not that much. I mean, I don't know. Do you want to try to control it? Yeah. <laughs> okay, so roll. Oh god. Roll charisma. Is it gonna hurt me? Roll charisma. Does, oh no, god. this is just a scene. This is not my control. fault, everyone. Yeah, it's just. <laughs> roll, roll charisma. Chari- roll charisma. Charisma. Negative yes. two. Oh boy. Oh, it was a ten. 
Uh, yeah, as two, like light just shoots out of your eyes and there's like the smell of static immediately in the air and V and Dewey, your feathers begin to blow up and Manaya, your hair also begins to like frizzle a little by your scalp and Rev's hair starts like getting, she goes, whoa, what the? Uh, and she like steps back and Oka like sparking off of your skin, almost like you're back in that chamber uh, with Ravi again. And when you speak, it is a double speech. Oh God. It is like Vinash is also speaking underneath your voice. Oka, what do you say? Upgrade it, go back, go back. And it gets sucked back in you, and you all the static disappears. Rev Rev's dagger is out. What in the name of the eight was that? I'm sorry, I meant for that to be like a lot more subtle. <coughs> oh, I mean what did what did you do to me? I it's Vinash. So what you're telling me that paragons are real and that you're rescuing these, what, shards of the gods shattered across Endake and what, you're, you're a paragon of, of, of Yudabathi? No. What? It's a long story. It's a long trek to the nest as she sheaths her dagger. Tell me everything. We tell her everything. Do you? We'll leave out like the, the personal stuff. Okay. Manaya almost dying, Oka's emotional shit. But, like, the true story of what happened in the mines. Okay. Yeah, so you continue to walk. Rev takes all this in slowly. Do you tell her about, like, the nightmares that y'all have been having at all? No. I guess it's not relevant. I can't believe it. So the the gods aren't gone. But they're causing this. You suspect that's what's happening here with the undeath, isn't it? The Raven Queen's doing? But necromancy is... She forbids it. It is sacrilege. This is simply a drop in the lake of power of everything that the gods are. For all we know, this could be a part of the Raven Queen that adores life so much she would do anything to prevent death. Right, she sort of mutters as she continues leading you. Oh, one more thing. Slightly unrelated, but related to your mission. I see that you are a traveler, an adventurer like us. You have a mission, and you would go to the ends of the earth to finish it, and so would we. Given your target, what do you think about coming with us? We have contacts that can keep you safe. We have, well, the strongest lead you'll ever get on your target, when I gestures at Dewey. And, well, you are stronger together than the sum of the people involved. I have to admit, it's uh, its not what you're suggesting makes sense. What matters to me the most is killing the man with the dog's head. All this stuff about the gods, it of course it matters, but i once I kill him, well, I don't know what I'll do. But that's, that's what matters to me right now. I'll stay with you as long as that continues to be relevant. And Rev is sort of panting. When she was talking to you, she looks a little ragged. And Oka, Vinash in you is, is roiling, is like eager, wants to like possess you again, you know, and come out of you and, 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 and talk, you know, communicate with whatever is, is at the weave spun nest, you know what I mean? But are you like, are you keeping him <laughs> leashed? Yeah, I think Oka is like, ha- is halfway in their own mind and maybe also just like kind of like holding on to Dewey's like shoulder 
like kind of behind the group. Okay. And, like like not really noticing where they are, more just like they're so good at repressing their emotions. They're like, how could this be different? Sure, you <laughs> repress Vinash, just like the rest of your drama. Uh, as Rev leads the four of you into a clearing. There's a nest, sure, but it is gigantic. You see like several, all around, what's forming the clearing is several dozen huge trees inexplicably twisted and bent down to form like a ginormous like nest-like shape. And there's just tons of ravens everywhere. There are maybe like a hundred ravens, more than that, like just in a murder, just like sitting on like various, like forming their little own nests upon the nest, like of the weave spun nest. They're uh, they're everywhere. They're like, they're in the trees. They're sitting on the, the weave spun nest. But the most interesting thing about this is none of the ravens are squawking. They're all silently sitting there. And when the four of you emerge from the clearing, all 100 of their heads turn and face you. And the five of you step out into the clearing. Uh, the rat folk guy and his two goons haven't gotten there yet. You also see, sort of standing between you, the nest and the ravens, four young people, maybe teenagers, uh, maybe like 16, 17, 15, 14, are also standing there dressed in like the, the vestments of priests of the Raven Queen. Uh, and all four of them, actually they're not standing, they're, they're kneeling, let's say. And they all, all four of them are clacking like bones together in a sort of like clacking prayer at, at the base of the weave spun nest. And all five of you can sense this, it's coming from the nest, from somewhere inside the nest. You're not sure exactly where, but it's, it, the nest is definitely the source of it. This presence just like pressing on you. Like you're in a net and it is just, the weave is just oppressing you, pressing you downward, like forcing you almost like down. But you're, you're able to stand your ground as you step out into the clearing, Rev falls to her knees. Uh, she just goes, <coughs> and she coughs. Like she is like physically injured. Uh, but the four like priests, young priests of the Raven Queen, they continue to clack those knuckle bones together. They don't even seem to notice that you're there. Oka, Vinash is roiling, just a ball of lightning and fury and just rage and eagerness just roiling inside you. What do the four of you do? Rev, are you all right? Uh, shut up! Uh, stop talking! Can we pull Rev backwards? Okay, yeah, you, you, uh, Dewey, do you step forward and grab onto Rev? Yeah. Okay, you step forward, and as you touch Rev's shoulder, where, where are you grabbing her? Uh, by the arm? Okay, there is like a bang, like a spark or something. And I think as you reel backward, images flash through your head. The sun, just like the sun is blazing in your eyes, and then you hear like hooves. The, you, you're blast, you're, you sort of like reel backward. I don't think you could continue touching her. Just there's something that like forces you back. Um, and as you touch her, everyone goes, stop, don't, oh, it's so loud, stop talking. Who are you? Who is this? Oh boy, I'm about to do something stupid. Oaken needs to see through Vinash's eyes. Not in the, I don't want to use the power. I just want to let it out. I just want to let him out. You also do, Dewey does also have a gem of true sight. Um, but sure, you can use, uh... Oh no, I don't want to use, see that word. 
That's the threat. Okay, uh, so how about this? In exchange for not using Vinash, Vinash is gonna be in the driver's seat for a little bit. That's fine. If you're gonna let him, if you're gonna let him look it's through like him, failing a charisma save. That's fine. Yep. Uh, so you are, uh, you are like, all right, go, and you let go of your restraint on Vinash, and again, spills out of your eyes, spills out of your mouth, just red light ricocheting off of you, lightning sparking off of your skin. You see through Vinash, seeing through you. Oh, that's horrible. Uh, and as you look upon Rev, there is like a miasma around her. A black mist is surrounding Rev. It looks feathered. It's trying to get inside of her. And in that moment, you as Vinash as you recognize that, bl- that shapeless like mist as an echo of an echo of the Raven Queen. It's, tr- it's trying to enter Rev, but Rev is, 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 is not having it. And sort of in that moment, as soon as like Vinash comes out, that mist like pauses and seems to like glom up and you see just like huge wings come out uh, as like these two red eyes like burst into life, like in this shadowy form of a raven and look looks down upon you, Oka. No one else sees this, right? I think probably all of you just see like Oka maybe stagger backward a little bit. And then every single one of the hundred ravens opens their beak and speaks. And in, in a tongue that none of you know, but at the same time, all of you know, it's not common. The Raven Queen speaks. And she says, Vinash, is that you? Oh, but you are in the wrong body. The wrong body, indeed. Oka, what does Vinash say? Oh, boy. Well, that one's yours, isn't it? It is. But her heart is too full of hatred to let me in. So take it by force. That is not how I do things. Vinash, it might have worked with that wrong paragon of yours, but it will not work with mine. The only way you can deal with death is to accept its inevitability. What the hell is going on? Manaya has grabbed Dewey and V and is like pulling them back and is like, nah, nah, we ain't about to do this again. <laughs> Manaya. Grab Dewey, grab V, and it's like that electric spark again. And Dewey, you get that same vision, sun, hooves. And then you see just a sea, and you think it's a green sea at first, but then you realize it is just a field, just an open field, and just a feeling of just freedom gushes through you, and then you're blown backward. And Manaya, as you touch V, boom, there's a spark. Uh, and V, you get you. You also receive visions, uh, but your vision is that of a bed, sievert, an embrace, a feeling of of love filling your heart, and then terrible, horrible heartbreak as grief wrenches it apart. And Manaya, as you touch your two friends and grab them backward, you are also 
smacked in the fucking face uh, with a vision. And this one is of a storm roiling across the sea, a hot tempest, waves, and the poof. The three of you, I think, are, are thrown backward by the force of this connection as you stagger backward. And all of you hear the Raven Queen's voice again coming out of the throats of these hundred ravens. I see. So, all five of you are here then, awakened by my presence. Three of you are empty. Too soon. Too soon. Stillborn. They're not ready yet. They will be soon. Make her ready, and I will listen. And then you see, like, the, the ravenous mist sort of retreat from Rev. And you see them return. You see the mist return to their true hosts, which is the hundred ravens. And then the ravens. That oppressive presence seems to draw back, you know? And Rev just sort of <sighs> gasps like she was suffocating and can finally breathe again. And the ravens fall silent once more. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of Transplaner. Please consider giving us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. This helps so much with getting new listeners to find us. Music is by Connie Chong, CIS, and Fezlian Studios, used with permission. Audio mixing is done by Mike Graham. Give Mike a follow on Twitter at OMikeGram. That's O-H, Mike, M-I-K-E, Graham, G-R-A-H-A-M. Soundscape designed this episode is by Vincent McElroy of Heroes in Progress. New podcast episodes drop every other Tuesday. If you can't wait that long, tune into our live stream Saturdays at 3 p.m. U.S. Central Time on Twitch at Transplaner RPG. Also, toss us a follow on Twitter, Tumblr, Instagram, and YouTube at Transplaner RPG. We also have a Patreon. Patrons get early access to episodes, character sheets, high-res art, and much, much more. And finally, a very special thank you to our Patreon paragons. Abigail Rytel, Azura, Brooke Bright, Cassidy Barnes, Charles, Chiacres, Cora Eckert, Lex Slater, Marvelous, Mitzi, Moonflower Tea, Purple Mouse, Risa, and Rue. <laughs>